Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to episode seven of the hashtag open to work journeys podcast. I'm Robert, your host and chatty Kathy ride along on this road trip that's rarely about the destination. We are continuing to bring you more of our Connecting Journeys interviews, where we aim to explore the valuable stories that can be found all around us if you just sit still and stop asking if we're there yet for five flipping minutes. I've been eager to bring today's guest on since we connected shortly after I started the pod, as she is a wonderful representation of the vision I have for this dream I've started chasing. But before I market those graphic details any further, let's get to the hashtag open to work update. It has been a busy week for much of Team Haller. There have been multiple positive interview opportunities, a continuation of learning and development with the time and resources we have available, and oh yeah, my spouse just completed a flippin' marathon for the first time. That's right, our first Connecting Journeys guest, shout out to episode three, Run Christy Run. My Haller officially rang the personal record bell on her quest to complete a marathon, with much celebration and good times had amongst her village. With that major milestone achieved, a bit of well-earned rest and recuperation completed, it's back to keeping it moving forward. But moving forward doesn't mean choosing to avert your gaze from hindsight and reflection. With that in mind, I've decided to tinker around with something new I'm calling LinkedIn Nuggets, where I aim to offer you a three-piece appetizer of worthwhile takeaways from the platform. Number one, perspective. This comes via Chris Del Grande, president and co-founder of Valued Merchant Services. He highlights how what we initially perceive as obstacles or something getting in our way may actually be a detour. Ross and I like to call them pivots towards lessons and growth that we may otherwise never know. It's all about perspective. We're all the heroes of our own journey, so these perceived roadblocks can so easily be seen as the work of some evil, unnamed, faceless mastermind trying to bring about the darkest timeline. He encourages to see these obstacles not as a hindrance, but as an invitation to evolve. You are speaking my language, Chris. A detour shouldn't be the thing that ruins your ride, but the thing that makes it more unique and beneficial than you could have anticipated. Number two, powerful reminders. We touched on this during last week's episode, but with the anniversary of 9-11 coming around again, even 22 years later, the reflections and reminders should not waver in their wisdom and power. On what was a truly tragic day, we should continue to remind ourselves and respect the efforts and sacrifices made not just by the heroes of that day, but additionally all of those who came since to ensure that our country would never see terror of such magnitude again. Nothing is promised cherish what you have. Be grateful for those that worked hard to craft a world with freedom. Recognize everyday heroes. Thank others for their service to our community and country. We're all in this together. Number three, lessons on job rejections. This comes by way of Bridget Hyacinth, keynote speaker and best-selling author. Piggybacking off of last week's experience and lessons mentioned, for those like me still on your hashtag open to work journey to its next career stop, She offers some helpful alternative insight on being rejected for job opportunities. You can be the best candidate and not get selected. If you didn't get the job, it was not meant for you. You weren't rejected. It's a redirection or perhaps a detour, right, Chris? Your value has not decreased because others did not see your true worth. Believe in yourself. The right door will open. Great stuff that I think we can all use a reminder of, regardless of our current employment status. Now, I have a little favor to ask. 
If you're enjoying this journey with me, if you want to show your support and aid my dreams individual development plan, please hit that like button, drop a comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your network. But that's not all you can do. If you're interested in being a guest on hashtag open to work journeys, let's connect. Your story could inspire, motivate, validate, and encourage so many others like me. Today, I hope you'll see the benefit from our guest, but my not so secret wish is to see her benefit equally. Elizabeth Hansen is a passionate graphic designer and marketing strategist who, over the course of her impressive career, has been recruited for pivotal roles, supporting innovation and success across multiple organizations. Now, her journey stands at a crossroads as she looks to open her next chapter in these dynamic fields. Join us as we unravel the art and science behind her career journey and explore how she has coped with being unceremoniously put out to the hashtag open to work pasture by an organization that initially sought after her skills and services. But before I bring Elizabeth on, something you've likely heard before, but the reminder can't hurt. Let's remember that every moment in our lives, personal or professional, is an opportunity waiting to be unwrapped. Much like the adage, today is a gift, that's why it's called the present, each day offers us a chance to learn, grow, impact others, and make the most of what we have. No procrastination. Tear open the potential of today and savor every opportunity it brings. Stay tuned, this journey is only beginning. Haller if you hear me. everybody. As you may know by now, here at Team Haller, we are all about continuous development and trying new things. In the spirit of that mindset, we're trying out another new segment with you. With me today is my Haller, who is riding a bit of a high this week. Care to say hello and share your major developments? Hello. So I recently completed my marathon. Woo! And I received an offer in my inbox today. Pretty outstanding, I'd say. But let's get back on track. Have you ever played the social game F. Mary Kill? Three names, characters, figures of prominence are selected, and people take turns deciding who's a short-term fling, a long-term relationship, and a soon-to-be corpse. Well, here at Hashtag Open to Work Journeys, we believe in the benefits of iterating on a proven formula. So we are happy to bring you promote, delegate, or terminate. Further inspiration for this game comes from concepts I learned in a course called Human Performance Leadership, which examines the evolution of professional superiors from boss to manager to the current ideal of leader. So in a nutshell, we want to promote our leaders who drive others to greatness, give our micromanagers a taste of their own delegating medicine, and then wish the bossiest of bosses the best in their future endeavors. For this inaugural edition, we decided to comb the depths of television to bring you an interesting variety pack of subjects. Who do we have, Christy? We have Gregory House, MD, from the show House, Michael Scott from The Office, and Corey Ellison from The Morning Show. And just a quick little aside for a little promotion of The Morning Show, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a, a little more recent show in comparison to the other two. We just got done watching the first episode of season three, so we were quite the fans of the show. So I, I, I felt like it didn't hurt to kind of give a little toss into a character reference there. All right, so for the sake of the audience, let's just dive in a little bit to what we consider the 
the stylings of these three superiors in their fields. Christy, what, what are your main takeaways when you think of Gregory House? Gregory House is the type of person that is kind of hands off with the people who report to him. He will get give like point direction, tell them what to do, but isn't really there to help them out to achieve the goals until they're near failure or failing. And then he will step in to help out. I feel like sometimes he sets himself up to further his greatness. Just the good thing is in this case, in this environment, he's doing it to the benefit of human life. And I think a lot about Gregory House is that he has internalized a lot of things that have happened to him, has made him closed off as a person, but also as somebody to look up to. Our second selection is quite the legend, at least in my own mind. Michael Scott from Dunder Mifflin from The Office. Michael Scott is a wonderful study when you consider the concept of evolution from boss to manager to leader. Because in my mind, Michael Scott is 100% manager through and through, but he believes himself to be a superior leader of people and his biggest fear is being perceived as the boss. Didn't have a lot of familiarity with this show. We picked the golden ticket episode to watch and I got to see him in different levels on that show of being, you know, different stages of boss, manager, leader. So I think that kind of what you said was right on point. All right, so finally we have Corey Ellison from The Morning Show. He is quite a dynamic character for sure. One that I feel like is always about exuding confidence in every moment, even ones where he knows he has not in the right or he has not made the correct move. I feel like Corey doesn't do well at human connection. For him to not make very many connections, it just feels like you're so distant from him. I definitely feel like from the way that this character has been portrayed. He's in a role where it's there's a lot of power and a lot of stakes involved. So he kind of is forced into this role where he has to remain as disconnected and, and impersonal as possible for the sake of success in that moment is. But at the same time, he just seems like he is always craving that, that human connection element. So that's a little bit of our two cents on each of these characters come down to the main event here. Promote, delegate, or terminate. Where do you think we should begin? Employee retention? Turnover? Even though I'm all for employee retention, let's start with turnover. Okay, so who do we terminate? There's a lot to consider here because everybody's got some big positives. But ultimately, who, who's got to go? I'm the type of person that, you know, I want to know how your family's doing. I want to know, you know, stuff about you that you're willing to share. So for me, Corey Ellison's got to go. If you can't give me eye contact like ever, I'm done. To kind of further support that, I agree with that selection. Just the idea that the decisions he makes can carry so much weight. And at the same time, it feels like he will make decisions on the fly that will just fulfill his ego. And that is dangerous when you give someone like that power. Best of luck in your future endeavors, Corey Ellison. Where to next? Do we go with delegate next then? Are we gonna do some delegating before we get to the big promotion? Yeah, let's go, let's work our way up. All right, who, who are we gonna micromanage away? 
Gregory House, MD. Even though like I love him and he's one of my favorite characters and he sometimes does lack human connection. There's other times where you see him come through and when it's just, you know, him and another person can really connect. Yeah, the positive here for me is that when he applies himself at the things he does best, he is really good. So you know what that tells me? Delegate them to do the thing they do really well and watch them soar. That takes care of delegate, so that just leaves us at promote. Da, 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 da. Michael Scott. I feel like Michael Scott is promotable. I think that he has a good sense of the people. He may come off as annoying, but also I feel like if he was gone from the picture, it wouldn't be what they would want it to be. I think that he does have a lot of um, meaning behind what, what he does, and I think that if he was guided and developed and mentored, he could be a great leader. Exactly. Michael Scott has not always had the greatest leader that knew what to do with him and how to properly develop him. That certainly gives me plenty of reason to support giving him the big promotion that he always looked for but was never quite able to get. One more time, Christy, in summary, who got promoted, who got delegated, and who got terminated? Congratulations, Michael Scott, on your promotion. Gregory House, MD, will be delegated. And unfortunately, Corey Ellison will have to let you go. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The Thing We Just Said It Was that doesn't have a catchphrase yet. trip cause the hate be motivation i make the best out of every situation i be too real i be knowing when they be faking but this is real me and my people made it you need somebody to ask you yo how you feeling i walk around with my confidence on a million don't let it bother me when the people be tripping i might have a good day you need somebody that truly understand you i'm on your side we together i'm Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to our guest this week on the podcast, Elizabeth Hansen. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us on the hashtag Open to Work Journey. Thank you, Robert, and happy to be here. So first things first, what got us here? My elevator pitch here is simply to say Elizabeth was my first fan, but that doesn't do her justice. Full of trepidation and anxiety, I started to pursue my dream of podcasting at about the most stressful point in my hashtag open to work journey. I had my village to cheer me on, but how did I know if anyone else was going to like the taste of my flavor of Kool-Aid? Cue Elizabeth, who found this random dude's podcast post, scroll across her feed. She took a chance and gave me a listen. As it turned out, there was less randomness involved, but that point will save for a little bit. She took the time to listen then the time to reach out and provide some encouraging feedback. And she may not know it, but it came at just the right time. So first things first, thank you for supporting me on this dreamer slash bucket list slash scratching things off. Absolutely. Happy to help anyone in need right now. <laughs> yes, of course. And we'll, we will get into that. So enough introduction and gratitude from me. And yeah, we'll have plenty of that to come, I imagine. Let's hear from my guest and future fan club president, no pressure, Elizabeth, <laughs> <laughs> S 
So what got you here? Tell me about your journey up till now. Oh gosh, it's been full of ups and downs and super highs. And unfortunately this year has been a super low in, in my journey of life and career and family, et cetera. Because we're, seems like so many of us are here right now. I started my career many years ago in the early 2000s in retail, the newspaper world, to start out with what I actually do. Um, my uh, degree is in graphic design. I've always been in marketing. So retail and newspaper world really um, kind of played to what I was really good at. Um, so that's where I started. In 2010, right when you know the world seemed to fall apart and businesses were closing all over, my family's business was impacted by that. Of course, my husband worked for my family and so we he was out of the job. Uh, we had a two-year-old at the time. And <clears throat> even though I loved my job, it really wasn't paying the bills to say in a really small town that I currently live in again. He said, you know what, this is our chance. We're young. We're still in our twenties. Let's go. Let's just go. And we packed up an 18 foot trailer, our two dogs, our two year old, and we drove to Texas. We didn't know where we were going to live. We just went and luckily my dad uh, pulled the trailer down for us. I just had a little SUV at the time. One of my husband's friend's parents said, we have room, we'd love to have you. So unfortunately I had, I did had to find good homes for my dogs, but um, we got to Texas and we were there for 12 wonderful years. I got into corporate real estate and I also got a taste of the magazine world, fell in love with real estate and stayed there for, I planned to never leave, honestly. I worked for the second largest corporate real estate company in the world. Got to travel, meet people, got to help open a London office, which was amazing. And I just got to be involved with all the branding. I worked for our, our corporate marketing to connect with all of our designers and all of our um, offices across the country. And it was just a, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I got to really hone my skills, getting contracts and reaching out to people and setting up meetings along with project management. And I still got to do graphic design, which is what I love to do. COVID hit. We all lost our jobs, including myself. I got laid off, but luckily I got called back. And so I, I went back and my role did change and I embraced it and uh, learned a lot. During that time, my husband lost his brother and his brother-in-law and it really, really affected him. Till this day, it really, really affected him and it always will. And he thought, you know, I don't want to be this far from family anymore. I really, we really need to be close to the old folks per se. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just be there. And, you know, they didn't even, you know, not many people knew our youngest daughter that we had in Texas. We came back about a year and a half ago now. I wasn't able to bring my corporate real estate job with me. It was, it was kind of wish-washy whether I could work at home or not. And I just didn't want to get up here and lose my job. And so I went into uh, pharmaceutical. I got recruited actually into pharmaceutical. Loved it. Had a great time. I was only there for I think eight or nine months before I was laid off from that position. It was in February. That's kind of where I'm at now. I'm still looking for work. And when I, I'm on LinkedIn every day commenting, probably making some people angry, but hey, that's how you get out there, right? And uh, 
I happened to, to come across your big round banner open to work with your face. And I thought, what is this guy doing? But I see that banner everywhere. And I thought, oh my gosh, she started a podcast. And I am a total podcast junkie. I probably subscribe to 50 different podcasts. I would rather listen to a podcast than watch TV. My husband thinks I'm nuts. I've got my teenager doing it now. And so I was like, oh, what the heck? Let's add another one to the list. And um, here we are today. I reached out to you because I was like, hey, our backgrounds are similar. We both been laid off since February. We should talk. This is really cool. You know, we could help each other out. Definitely a lot on that journey uh, that has led you up to the point of being hashtag open to work. And we'll dive a, a, a bit more into that in the second segment. A few things that you mentioned along the way that I just kind of want to follow up on, I suppose I'll say. Packing up everything and just, and just going to a new state. That just it's willingness for, you know, adventure and and just embracing life boy that's good on you i guess i'll just say <laughs> i i had i had a moment like that around 2015 in my journey of life and i took a chance and went uh, from michigan out to los angeles california and thought I, that was what i was doing this so i was taking a, a, a perfect time in my life to take a chance on an adventure and it just might not have been the right location to go take that adventure on ultimately our paths take us where they are supposed to in some form or another where where is it that you reside today today i'm in illinois oh okay uh, but, yeah, i'm in illinois so it's just a little farther south than you i'm guessing and uh yeah a couple hours south of chicago so i'm in farm country which also is another reason I'm probably hashtag open to work because there's there's no city. There's not a lot of infrastructure. I mean, my husband's a, a mechanic, which he loves and he's very good at. He works on farm equipment. Well, I can look out my window right now and I can see fields for miles, like we're out in the country. Unless it's a remote position, which a lot of people are getting away from again. I'm, I'm kind of stuck out here in, in the sticks, you know, just trying, I'm trying. Yeah. Get my way back in somewhere. Yeah, that's certainly an interesting point when you talk about transitioning your your career and life path through the the pandemic and and what happened to a lot of people during that. That's one that's one place where I can't re relate quite the same because the uh, I and this is what was I feel like is un truly unfortunate for you. Your career was affected by what the pandemic brought to all of us. In my case, like all of the, there was an industry that did, that just had to keep moving forward, you know, blood plasma procurement. It wasn't really about a lot of people losing jobs. It was about trying to bring back all of these donations that had suddenly gone away. And then ripple effects of everything that went into that part that did not involve letting go of employees, but instead involved throwing everything they could at them to stay. Very unfortunate from my perspective to see that it turned out this way for you because again, yeah, you got recruited, which at the timing, I think of it all, I would say was viewed as a very great organization with some strong ideals. And this is not about speaking ill of prior workplaces by any means. From things, you know, that far beyond your control, but also like things that were probably almost already kind of set in motion at the time you were brought into the organization as sad it is as it is to say that is definitely part of what drew me to uh, wanting to bring you on because i feel like there's a lot of potential opportunity here for people to hear about you hear your your journey 
and what you bring to the table and, and where you want to go with that. You talked about working in magazines. What was the time frame that you were involved in the magazine industry? Probably around 2013, 14, about around that time period. I was there for two years as an independent contractor, and it was my job to go in and lay out the magazine. So they would call me and say, we're ready. Things are written, pictures are getting sent in. You know, which it was great because my little one was going into kindergarten and I was able to do a lot of stuff mm -hmm. with her and my husband had found a job at that point. We had an apartment. We, you know, we were getting stabilized and I would have like a week at home and then I'd go in and work part time and I'd be home and then I'd go in and I'd work, you know, 70, 80 hours one week and, and I'd be home for two weeks. So the magazine industry is, it's kind of wishwashy like that sometimes, you know, depending on when publication is. It was great. I'd go in and they'd have huge pieces of paper laid out. They'd be like, all right, this is kind of what we're looking at for layout. All of your files are, are where they're supposed to be. Okay. So I'd go through and I'd have to, it was like a big puzzle. And I think that's a lot of what advertising and design is. It's a big puzzle. You got to have an eye for it. But after you know what looks good, then you got to make it work. You got to make it fit. You got to know your audience. You got to know placement. That was a big part of it. And so, um, yeah, I would just go in and start flowing in that text and making sure it was the right size and uh, making sure articles didn't flow and one little spot was on the next page and condensing and expanding and adding in charts and graphs and photos. And that was just so much fun to me to go in and lay that out. And then, you know, two weeks later, you go into the office and they hand you a book and it's like, wow. It looks so nice. It's so pretty. And to know that it was distributed worldwide and my name was in it. Like I was so proud that first magazine, I brought it home and I showed my husband. I was like, look, Sean, look, oh my God, I did it. Finally, you know, I got a job, I enjoy and it's cool. And I get to meet all these great industry people. But in the end, it was just a contract position. So it wasn't really going to go anywhere and they weren't going to bring anybody on full time. And my little one was getting older. We needed to have a little bit more stability. So it, it's very interesting to hear that your path taking you uh, that way as well. The reason why I was so fascinated is I had say, I will say been a lifelong fan of the, the, you know, the, the medium of, of magazines it was like a go-to birthday and Christmas present from my parents from like the age of like 10 forward. So needless to say, Same. yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised because yeah. I'm going somewhere with this. And then somewhere along the way, maybe it's like the magazine industry starting to kind of see a decline or it might've, you know, hit the Venn diagram of my, you know, progressing further into adulthood. I started seeing a lot of the magazines going away. What had me so enamored about some of my favorite magazines got is what got me into podcasting. Really, it was li listening to podcasts from some of my favorite publications and just listening to what they had to talk about. And then eventually it sort of morphed into people that just worked in the online publications. And then inevitably these people that I, that I became so attached to moved on from, from those arenas. They moved on from print media and went into all sorts of other, a lot of it was around the video games. I'm just such a, a video game nerd. My love for magazines, I feel like sort of went in a whole new direction, progressed me into the way in the, to the realm of podcasting, because it's almost like you get the choice 
it's like when you open up the magazine and you pick which article you want to read first. Now you go on the internet and you open up an infinite sized magazine and pick out the exact magazine article you want to know more about, but it's in convenient audio form, right? And like you said, you pick it over watching TV sometimes. My go-to is go walk the dogs, go do anything like moving. It's like I get treated like I'm not doing doing like housework or chores for the house when I go out and do yard work because I put on my AirPods, listen to podcasts, and I'm just zen. So yep. anyway, I just find it interesting that you talked about how much you are into podcasts. And I am very much like that as well. At certain points when I did a lot of road warrior driving, driving the roads from city to city for the sake of plasma and my career, it, a lot of those hours were filled with podcasts. We, we have that shared passion and that passion has kind of brought, brought us to, to uh, where we are today. What's your ultimate? What's, what's your, what's the one that's like tippy top for you? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me this. I started listening to Obsessed with True Crime, or True Crime Obsessed, I guess it's called, years ago. And then they've gotten huge, just absolutely huge. They have their own network now. They have multiple shows. And the main guy, Patrick uh, Hines, they do, uh, him and his co-host, Jillian, they do live shows now. And so I've been listening to them years, and it's expensive. And they actually have their own huge like weekend retreat type podcast thing wow. that they do now it's really interesting yeah they've they've really made this into their full-time career big time my sister and I actually went to one of their live shows so many times you you know you watch 2020 or Dateline or you, you know of course we listen to podcasts or read and you hear all these terrible things that happen to people and and there's no resolution um, they cover a lot of cases like that not that they make fun of it or make light of the situation, but they make it funny. Like criminals are idiots. And so that's, that's really what I like about that podcast. But as far as any others go, I love history. I love to learn about history. I think if we don't study, listen, read about history, no matter how sordid or terrible it might be, we forget and we're bound to make the same mistakes again. We need to teach our children and not to make those mistakes again. <laughs> but I'd certainly say on that note, that that love of podcasting, I'd say that certainly got you here talking to me. So that sounds as Absolutely. good a place any to transition uh, into our next segment. So stay tuned as we go to Where Are You Now, Elizabeth? Haller, if you hear me. No medicine, the medicine, no means of escape. Gonna break every rule up in the mall out of shape. It ain't a question of how, just a matter of when. You get the message that I'm trying to send. brings us to where are you now Elizabeth what does the concept of hashtag open to work mean to you well today on month I think eight kind of losing count now of my open to work journey just trying to get by day to day I stay on LinkedIn stay active of course that's how I found you I 
promote my small business on Facebook and help out with family. Occasionally I do some freelance that trickles in looking for something more stable. Every role on my resume covers such a large gamut of duties. I get the feeling hiring managers don't really know where I fit in. I used to spend all day on my computer, burnout was setting in really fast. And then the depression, you know, it's been terribly depressing this, this year. In all that, facing the, the burnout of just being on the computer all day and then getting so depressed because you're submitting resume after resume and emails and phone calls and nothing, nobody ever gets back to you, it seems like. Just, just I needed to, to set a schedule. You know, I was getting cranky with my family. I just had to set a schedule. So, you know, just something as simple as, okay, I'm up. Don't sit back down. Go get your coffee. Uh, don't forget to eat. That was a big thing for me. My husband would come home and say, what is wrong with you? I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten yet today. You know, just try to fill your day doing something else. So you just make time to eat, drink your coffee, you know, take a laundry break, take a walk, start working out, you know, even though it's not something I, I do daily, you know, just something. And then of course, instead of spending eight hours a day on my work search as I did right away, and got burnt out right away and then sad. I only spend like an hour in the morning, you know, and I go through and I read my emails, look at different jobs, save what sounds interesting, walk away, do something else, come back, spend another hour, maybe follow up on some of those things, you know, go away, do something else, come back, do it another hour. So I try to like only do that for an hour a day because it's, it's very, very monotonous. During this time, we also joined the local library and in doing that, I joined a book club for ladies, which has been really fun and interesting. I didn't expect to walk into the book club and it be full of ladies that could probably be my grandmother, but they are hilarious and they have just welcomed me with open arms and they ask about my kids and my family all the time. And they're so much fun. I was actually there last night and they're just, I, they tickle me. It's so funny. I think throughout this, I've also learned that I am not cut out to be a stay-at-home mom. I just don't have it in me. My patience is about as long as a candle wick. And over the summer when school was out, I would literally just hide. Like, I'm going outside, please don't follow me. Or I'm going back inside, will you please stay outside? Like, I'm just, I'm not cut out for that. I need, and it's not anything against stay-at-home moms because they have a huge job and clearly don't get paid enough. It's just, it's not for me. I need, I need to do something else during the day. I, I can't be home, it drives me crazy. I think the most important part of my journey has been learning about my mental health. I really took it for granted before I, we lived in the South for so many years and it was warm. You know, we lived in South Texas. I had palm trees in my yard. So I could hop on my golf cart and go ride around and clear my head or go sit at the park or visit a friend. Now I'm, I'm at, that's not so much the case. I'm up here. I don't have a huge friend base. My friends are 1500 miles away or a thousand miles away. I haven't been here in, you know, a dozen years. So I have to re learn, I guess, or, you know, try to find that, that friend group again, not just the ladies at book club once a month, kind of out in the country. I can't just hop, hop on my golf cart anymore and go right around the neighborhood. I don't have a neighborhood. <laughs> I have my chickens that I got this summer. So that's been fun. And I started gardening. Mental health has been my biggest challenge and what I've learned most about myself. And in that journey, going to therapy, oh my gosh, it's been 
kind of cathartic. I love going. It's oddly enough, I fought it for so long. You know, pe people and family members were, you should go talk to somebody. I don't need to tell somebody my problems. And they're like, well, then don't just go talk to somebody. Oh. And I do. It's like going to see a friend, you know, every so often, just going in there and being verbal, you know, diarrhea almost, just like letting it all out. And then, oh, I feel so much better. Okay, see you in a couple of weeks or next week or. You know, I might, you might get a text message for me at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you never know. So, but that's just been wonderful. She's gives me homework, which is something I need. I need to be given homework. I'm, I'm a really good production worker. You give me 10 things to do and I will get those 10 things done. Like I'm not a, a deep dive thinker, researcher. I am a doer. I need to do things and to literally go from doing things and having one or more jobs your whole life from when you were 15 years old to now, okay, here's a chunk of a year. You don't have anything to do other than find that next thing. has just been crazy. Just learning, learning how to be me again. My mental health has been my biggest struggle this, this year. You've said so much that has resonated with me. There are so many parallels with our journeys. And I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit. I get it. The, the burnout, oh my gosh, the depression, like I am be having to, to get good at the ability to pick yourself up off the floor. So to speak, you got to own 95% minimum of your, of your stuff that's going on. If you're going to get through this, it's my own, you know, uh, philosophies and whatnot. But something that you said that was that was really stuck with me and it's, it's hit with me. And this is where I'll take a moment to kind of slide in a little uh, podcast reference that was recommended to me. He's very successful at what he does. It's a, a podcast called The Mindset Mentor with Rob Dial. He, he has a lot of great information that he puts out in his episodes. But one thing that he said that really stuck with me was the importance of getting your day off to a good start and and the simple things you could do to kind of help propel it in that direction and he talked about the idea of just if your brain doesn't already relate to it but it sounds like in your case elizabeth it sounds like yours is like mine and it does then you start to associate task completions with like little victories then and then once you have that ability then you just have to start recognizing what are all of these things that you can accomplish in all your day that can be counted as little victories and even better if you want to take the time to do it you maybe make like a to-do list or like prioritization matrix of things you're, you're trying to do in your day and then you make all of those things the things that you can mark off right and then the more you can see it or at least like align it in your brain that you've accomplished things the more you can say little wins little wins little wins because i'm lacking that certain level of external validation that comes from my profession and my employer that says validated paycheck validated job well done validated here's your performance review at the end of the year validated here's the talk about a promotional opportunity it's not there it's not there and what you're getting instead is a lot you said a lot of the job hunt that so many of us are going through which is just not hearing anything back being put through the process and then not hearing anything back, being put through the process, being put way through the process, being put as far through the process as they can put you through as many people as they can put in front of your face and all the tours of plants that they can put you through. And then they just tell you, 
we're going in another direction. Dot 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 dot. Sorry, now I'm just getting off on my I'm getting on my but but I want you to understand again why I, you're, what you're saying hits with me. But I do that too. I and and it's the same thing with how I interweave my career search aspect into my day. Quite honestly, like this podcast, this podcast is so much about all of these things you talked about. Literally about all of them, even all the way down to the mental health part. It is a part of that victory checklist on my day start out in the morning and I have like a little internal checklist of what I'm trying to aim to do with my job search in the morning. And then while I'm doing other things, errands to run throughout the day, kids to go get from school on plasma. I've said that in the past. I'm there at the plasma center waiting, like scrolling through LinkedIn. I'm just like you said, flagging things to come back and apply to during my next time in my office. So then guess what? Victory, victory, victory. I've made some applications. Absolutely. Right? It is such an important thing. So I guess, this is going to be some of the good stuff for me on, on this episode. I just want you to know right now because it resonates so much. Uh, and I feel like it's things that people in our positions need to hear. People just being put into our positions. I also love how you talked some of the things that you talked about, like joining the uh, local library, because that's exactly the same thing. I am in a little more, you know, densely populated uh, area of Michigan where I live, but I've grown up in that, you know, sort of out a little more out in the sticks. I, I, I understand that lifestyle, but we too, at a certain point, just like decided, why don't we just go take the kids to the library and just see what they got going on? And then they join the summer reading program and they're getting all these books and we're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Getting kids excited yeah. about books again. Yeah. the best and of course the big one at, at that you kind of culminated with being like the the focus and prioritization of your mental health and going to counseling and thank you so much for being so open about that aspect and what goes on because now i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna go transparent we're gonna kind of keep this connection strong here that is 100 what i do during my counseling sessions and you know what i've done now I have increased the frequency of my counseling sessions so I can get the carbon monoxide out. So it's not being keeping staying in and killing me. And then I can get to the next opportunity where I can actually start working on some things. Uh, at least that's, that's the ideal. That's the hope. I am right there with you. I have done, uh, gone through some trials and tribulations and I, I commend you for recognizing kind of what needs to be done, so to speak, in, in, in these circumstances with what, you know, what we, what you are dealing with. And just, I just want you to know, I am right there with you. So, and I suspect that there's many people that are right there with us. Yes. That probably haven't taken that step and they just need to know that there are normal everyday people doing the same things that they do every day they just need that push to go every night before I go to bed. I sit at my, in my kitchen with my tea. I drink every night and I write down tomorrow, you know, you're going to, you're going to start dinner at noon, put it in the crock pot. You're going to make fresh bread tomorrow. That's my, I try to have a project every day. I started making bread. So um, you're going to make bread or you're going to go out and clean the chicken coop or you're going to, I'm making homemade tomato sauce. Now I have this huge garden full of tomatoes that I don't even like. I'm just going to start making stuff with it. So, <laughs> I have to go dig potatoes later today. So just making that list every day of this is what you're going to do. I have a chalkboard now. I put a chalkboard in my kitchen with my list of things. One for each child. I have a child that's in a sport. Each one is in a sport. And then things I need my husband to remember because 
he doesn't remember anything. Nothing against husbands. Mine doesn't remember anything. Uh, so <laughs> exactly. So, you know, just so he knows what's going on and where all these kids are supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there and what I'm doing and where I'm going to be. Kind of wish I would have adopted this mindset 10 years ago because it probably would have helped. But we're doing it now. And we're getting on task and that's all that matters. Exactly. And in, in the midst of this time of change and time of, you know, challenge and, and uncertainty, but still a, a, a voyage forward nonetheless, it's good to focus on, on the core things that truly matters most because then once the career is back in place, you, yes, you, you gain a greater appreciation for it being there, especially when the circumstances are, are, are truly aligned for you but you don't lose sight of what really it remains when when that career part gets stripped away whether it's by the next unfortunate set of job eliminations let's hope it doesn't ever come to that or eventually retirement that note i i, I feel like we're turning things in an uplifting uh, state with you know unfortunate circumstances in your life and you know ones that we share and can discuss together it's time for another heartwarming edition of what's working where we take time to highlight the good stories being circulated in the world today this week we have a story that exemplifies the power of kindness connection and how tired one man was willing to make his arms so that a little girl could get back her smile imagine yourself at nine years old I'm sure you had some toy, action figure, stuffed animal, etc. That was your entire world. That was certainly the case for a nine-year-old girl named Valentina and her American girl doll, Beatrice. She was devastated this summer when she accidentally left her beloved doll on an airplane. For Valentina, Beatrice wasn't just a doll. She was a cherished friend who brought immense happiness. Valentina's parents tried everything they could think of to reunite their daughter with her best friend after realizing the doll was missing. As Valentina expressed, when she was missing, when we got settled into our hotel, I felt very bad. I felt like my heart was broken. You can understand why they were so driven to do something, as I'm sure most parents listening would agree. They contacted the airline and posted the message on Facebook, hoping for a miracle. That miracle came in the form of a compassionate pilot, Jim Dannon, a first officer for American Airlines based in Dallas-Fort Worth. Jim heard about Valentina's lost doll and didn't hesitate to offer his assistance. He reached out to Turkish Airlines lost and found at Haneda Airport in Tokyo, where the doll was last seen. I might have butchered the name of that. After two tries, he successfully located Beatrice and embarked on a mission to reunite her with Valentina. As Jim carried Beatrice across 5,800 miles, he made sure to document their journey together. He took photos with the doll in various airports and on flights, creating a beautiful story of Beatrice's travels back to Texas. But the story doesn't end there. Jim Dannon then drove to the Dominguez family's home to personally return Beatrice to Valentina. The reunion was captured on camera and Valentina's joy was palpable. Her mother rightly pointed out the profound lesson learned from this experience. When someone reaches out, help them out if you can. It's a reminder that kindness knows no boundaries and the willingness to make a difference in someone's life can bridge even the widest of distances. Now, when I was going through some ideas for the the content for this week and and put some things your way elizabeth you mentioned to me that this wasn't the first time you've seen social media bring about an act of kindness such as this you care to share with us along with any of your thoughts on valentina and her personal rescue pilot jim oh it's funny we discussed this article um and the story i had of course seen this 
before I saw it on the news, I read it on my little Google news alert on my phone. I, you know, check every morning. I thought it was a really cute, heartwarming story as someone that's left something on a plane before and never got it back. I thought it was very sweet of that pilot to do for that little girl. You know, like two, three days later, you know, swiping through Facebook, just seeing what's going on. Um, we had friends that lived near us in Texas. And of course we've moved back to Illinois. They're a military family. They're now out east now in Washington, DC. Um, of their two little girls said, you know, oh, please help us. We went to this huge park yesterday and our oldest left her doll somewhere. We went back, we couldn't find it. It wasn't in left and found. You know, she's devastated. And I'm seeing this post get shared, 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 shared. It's going into mom's groups. And ended up, um, I reached out, it had 150 shares or 148 shares, just in like a 24 hour period. And then like two, three days later, she posts, oh my gosh, of her daughter holding up her little doll and someone had was just there and saw the post and happened to go back and found this little doll and was able, you know, through transitioning hands and getting it to her, they, they were able to get it back. And I just thought that was really sweet. And it just happened around the same time as this uh, pilot um, got this doll back, got the doll, little girl's doll back for her. Yeah, outstanding. As we conclude this What's Working segment, we invite you to reflect on these incredible journeys, as I'm sure you've probably found them in, in your own world, but those like Valentina and her precious Beatrice. Their story is a testament to the power of community, empathy, and the unwavering bond between a child and the things they cherish most. Stay tuned for our final segment as we look forward to where our journey takes us next. Haller, if you hear me, and... What's keeping you moving forward? Well, even after all this time, you know, open to work, I still daily feel very lost. I still get very depressed. I'm working on it. It's it's a it's a day-to-day thing. I'm hoping whichever way my career goes that I can show I'm a good employee, I'm reliable, I'm willing to embrace whatever comes my way and whatever opportunities open up. I know I have what it takes to succeed in any market. I can get along with anybody. I hope that my personality shines through with this podcast since they can't see my face. Just wanted to do a shout out to you, Robert. I think what you're putting together here is remarkable and showcasing people and helping people. And I think it's, um, it's almost a form of therapy for you. You're helping people, even though you need help also. We all need help is what it comes down to it. We are all in the same boat. We all have families to feed. And I think it's really, truly wonderful what you're putting together here. 
and I would love to help any way possible. Call me anytime you need. I'm saying all that, I'm still looking for opportunities. I'm still online every day. I still have a public portfolio out there. Um, I'm doing freelance. I'm trying to get involved with my community. I'm donating plasma. And I'm hoping that even though this last few months being without work and then the, the years before that, moving across country, losing family members, selling a house, buying a house in the middle of all of this, hoping that it's just made my, my skin a little thicker. And I've shown my kids that you can't, you just can't let it get you down. It's, there's always going to be something. You've got to get through it just every day, get up, get through it. And that's where I'm at every day. I'm just getting up and I'm getting through it. Eventually I'll, I'll land in the right spot. Hopefully it'll, it'll be good for everyone. 100. I will say on that one, Elizabeth, I, I got a, I got a comment or two, but the first thing I want to say, and this is for both of us, and this is for anybody listening that needs to hear it. It will not be like this forever. There will be a job. This is a little mind trick I do to myself that it, it, I, actually, it usually succeeds in making me cry, but it, <laughs> but it gives me good perspective when I need it, which is, you know, this concept that like, imagine if like the technology advanced to the point where you can go back in time. Imagine if the technology only allows you to go back to one minute from one day and you got and and you don't even get to pick exactly what it is. You just get to pick where you were when you're in a moment and you're dealing with your, you know, your three-year-old that's the apple of your eye, but oh my gosh, I need to breathe. As you were saying yourself again, yes. so many parallels, so many parallels, Elizabeth. <laughs> I just sit, I think to myself, okay, 80 year old me has, has that ability and can travel back. If this was the moment they came back to what do they want to see in our final segment we provide something additional for our audience to take away with them as we do in each of our interviews i offered our guest an opportunity to provide a recommendation we're all in this together elizabeth got anything else when you asked me about a book i'm reading or a show i'm watching i originally said that i was reading the magnificent life of marjorie post by allison uh, Patak, I think it's Pataki is how you say her last name. It's a, a true story about the post-serial heiress. Uh, it was part of my book club for last month. So fascinating, her life. I'm a total history nerd. I had to read the book. I had to take a deep dive into YouTube. I wanted to see all these marvelous mansions she's built, you know, and just, and it, it of course, there's no self-help involved. It's totally just getting my mind off of open to work and kids and family and just the day-to-day -day to grind. This is what I do at night. When my family goes to bed, I open my book. This is how I clear my head. And that's a wonderful book. I got a new book last night. It's called The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. And it is about one day, the whole world, no matter if you're homeless or in a condo, apartment, house, gated community, whatever. Everyone in the world, 21 and over, wakes up to a little cherrywood box on their front doorstep with a string inside. And the whole world is losing their mind. What does this little string mean? And they're not all the same length. They're all different lengths. And they're like, oh, what does this mean? It's, you know, all theories are out there so it's really interesting so as soon as as soon as we're done chatting i'm gonna go do two chapters before i'm back on linkedin for an hour so 
That's awesome. This thing, as you were giving that description and talking about it, and it's so good that you're in, in like at such an early point in the book, the freshest amount of adrenaline talking about the book you can possibly get. Scratching that inner, uh, funny enough, inner long lost fanatic inside of me. Finally, I like to finish with a quote. Madame, might you have a quote to live by? I will say a quote that's not by anyone famous, but she's very important in my life, and it's my mom. And the day I got married, we have a little, we had a little moment, you know, it was whether do you want to run or do you want to stay moment? <laughs> and since we had been together for a very long time, I was like, mother, stop it. And she was like, okay, okay. All seriousness. I just wanted to tell you this. And I've said my piece and I will say no more. She said, don't sweat the small stuff. She was like, you can use that in your career. You can use that with your future children, which I absolutely do with the teenager in the house and definitely with my husband. And now I'm using it with this hashtag open to work because I would get so, so down. And I know you can relate. You would apply for that job and you'd be like, oh, I'm going to be so good at this job. I am going to take this job and I am going to show it who's boss. And then a week later, you get the email. Thank you for applying, but we've gone another direction. Or thank you for applying, but we're not. We've closed this job posting. And you're like, but you didn't even talk to me. What the heck, man? Give me a chance. And so I, after a good cry one day, my mom happened to just call because she just happens to call at the right time sometimes. And she's like, Elizabeth, don't sweat the small stuff. How many times have I told you this? I'm like, I know, but it's so frustrating, mom. And, and so that's just kind of what I held on to this, this year in particular is like, fine, they're lost. Don't sweat it. I didn't lose my job because it was me. You know, I lost my job with 2,500 other people. Don't sweat it. Some very good stuff there. Outstanding. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your journey, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. As a fellow February casualty from our former plasma home, I hope for only the best of things to come to you. You have been a welcome and appreciated supporter of this podcast, and I would love to return the favor. For those listening, take a few minutes to look up Elizabeth Hansen on LinkedIn. I'm going to be sure to include more information when the post that comes along with this, but you know what to do. See if you might know someone in your network that works in digital marketing, graphic design, advertising. Am I forgetting anything else? Uh, no, I, I run the gamut. If you, uh, you got a job, I can probably figure out how to do it, or I might just know how to do it already. All right. Thank you. Take two minutes to check your own organization's openings to see if they might have something that aligns. I can attest every little bit of attention and support goes a long way toward keeping our gas tanks fueled for the most arduous parts of this process. For Elizabeth Hansen, I'm Robert Haller saying thanks for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe on your favorite podcast service, and share socially. And if you ever want to reach out to the podcast, you can email me at hallerifyouhearme at gmail.com. That's right, Haller if you hear me. Thanks for working with me. But them good times filling up your cup now Ain't no feeling low when you're sitting real high Everything's cool under that blue sky Most days just keep it on simple Nothing too crazy, just cruising through the middle Watching them sunsets, keeping it easy Enjoying my life, yeah, every single season
PDT.